Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Star Wars 7x7 bonus episode. It's these couple of bonus episodes this weekend where we can talk about The Last Jedi in full spoiler mode. And today I'm going to talk about seven of the most beautiful visual moments in The Last Jedi, plus the cracking of the Luke Skywalker story in The Last Jedi. Punch it, Chewie. Hey, I'm Anthony Bresnikan, covering the Star Wars Galaxy for Entertainment Weekly, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and Ryan Johnson, in a variety of interviews, said that as he was approaching the script writing for The Last Jedi, the main challenge that he had was cracking Luke Skywalker's story, and in specific, the answer to the question of why he was on that island. And so I will address that after the break. But for now, I want to talk to you about those beautiful visuals. I would dare to say that this movie, out of all the Star Wars movies, I think... The only one that really compares to it in terms of visual artistry is Revenge of the Sith, all right? You know, there are beautiful things to be seen in the original trilogy, but, you know, nothing super remarkable or anything like that. The vistas that Lucas created for the prequel trilogy, I think, really absolutely outshined anything that was in the original trilogy. And, of course, you know, having the technology to do it probably helped for sure, but... When you think about Revenge of the Sith and you think about all of the different environments, for example, that we saw the Jedi being killed as part of Order 66, I mean, those were some amazing scenes and the visuals for them were spectacularly rendered. And not to knock J.J. Abrams or Gareth Edwards by any means, but I think Ryan Johnson's work on The Last Jedi far exceeds what they've done in terms of amazing visuals in the Star Wars franchise since it's been rebooted. So seven of the most beautiful visual moments. I think the first one I have to start with is the one that hands down for me is just the utterly most compelling one. It is Admiral Holdo's light speed shot that destroys Snoke's capital ship. It's amazing to me that they also decided to play out the first moment of it in complete silence, which is, of course, as we've had discussions about this on the podcast, how it would be in space if you were actually there. Patrick Johnson, who's the author of The Physics of Star Wars, who was on the podcast uh, not too long ago, actually, we talked about this and he was looking for ways to possibly justify sound being in space. And yeah, there was just no way to do it. But Showing it that way was amazing, and from multiple angles, that's definitely kind of a new Star Wars thing, but wow, what an incredible scene and an incredible shot that Ryan Johnson came up with on that one. I've seen The Last Jedi twice now, and when I saw Laura Dern ramping up for light speed, because I knew that's what was coming, I got super excited because I was like, this shot 
is awesome and I can't wait to see it again. And it stood the test of a day. <laughs> just, oh, the test of time, just one day. Yeah, it still held up as being just a wow, wow visual. Absolutely. So going from something very, you know, macro in that respect to something very micro, the image of Luke and Leia holding hands would be the second in my list of beautiful visuals in this movie. The most remarkable visuals in this whole thing. I can't tell you the level of chills that I got to see them together and for them to hold hands together. Yes, I know. Was it really happening somehow? I mean, how much actual tangibleness is Luke able to project into that version of himself? I can't even imagine, but it sure looked like there was physical contact there. And, oh, wow, you can't help, you can't help but include the passing of Carrie Fisher in your evaluation of that scene. So yeah, the two just can't be separated. And for that, it's all the more poignant. But even so, like even if Carrie had still been with us, even, you know, if Mark was still with us also, like, you know, we haven't lost him yet, thankfully. But if the two of them were still around together, that scene I don't think would have lost any of its power. I think it just gained new dimension because of Carrie's passing. Now that takes place on Crate, and I have two other choices for the most beautiful visual moments in the movie that also happen on Crate. First of all, pretty much everything with the ski speeders going on the attack, but specifically when they realize that the TIE Fighters are coming out and they have to break off their attack and deal with the TIE Fighters. So the ski speeders all peeling away, and whereas you had seen this straight, beautiful lines of the you know white salt and the red uh, minerals underneath being kicked up right you got these great gorgeous straight lines and then when they have to break off their attack and go into evasive maneuvers the way that all of those lines start curving and bobbing and weaving and mixing with each other just amazingly well done this is an environment that is unlike any we've seen in the star wars universe and it's not you know, it's not a desert like Jakku. It's not a snow planet like on Starkiller Base. It's not a, you know, lush green environment like on Takadana, for example. It's not a, you know, <laughs> it's not a tropical island paradise like Scarif. Those are all things we have in our own world, right? But Crate was something else entirely. And then fourth for this is the standoff between Ben and Luke, or Kylo Ren and Luke, I guess, technically speaking, because, yeah, Kylo is sticking with Kylo, even though we can call him Ben all we want. But the two of them facing each other down outside of the base on Crate, that had some of the most epic scenery, and the two of them framed against this immense background ready to duel each other and talking about the past and everything that's gone on between them and everything that's gone on since they broke apart, as it were. I mean, just the incredible open sky and vast landscape, the battle-scarred landscape in the foreground and just the wholeness of everything behind it. Oh my gosh, I just... You know, I hadn't remarked upon it as much the first time I watched the movie, but the second time I watched it, wow, that I just thought was fantastic. And I would love to put a poster of that up on my wall. 
All right, moving on. My choice for a fifth most beautiful visual moment is Ray and Ben fighting back to back. I guess it's Ben at that point. It sure seems like it, but it's really Kylo. But the moment that they realize, okay, we're going to have to fight all these elite Praetorian guards, and they go back to back and start waving lightsabers around and parrying the attacks of those Praetorian guards. Those first moments of their battle are really awesome. We saw some of that fight choreography in a recent behind-the-scenes video that they put out on Facebook and probably a couple of other social channels as well, where at one point you see three different people attacking Kylo Ren and you're like, hmm, that's strange. What was that about? And so, yeah, it was about this whole scene with the elite Praetorian guard <laughs> closing the barn door after the horse is gone, basically, because Supreme Leader Snoke is dead. So, you know, I guess they could just say, all right, well, we'll just work for you. But nope, they're like, you killed them. Well, we got to kill you. Well, you know, good for them. That's good loyalty, I guess. But didn't really work out that well for them. And Ben and Ray fighting together were an unmatched duo of power and speed and skill. It was really cool. All right, coming into the home stretch here. And speaking of home stretches, Finn and Rose riding on the Fathier and all of those Fathiers running along the beach on Canto Bight or just outside Canto Bight. That is another really beautiful visual moment. And some of the aerial shots that they show of them running are really very cool. And I imagine that must have been heavily CGI'd, but it sure didn't look like it. It looked like you you know, seeing a stampede of these things and just how they all run together and Finn and Rose and Rose's joy riding the father. I mean, that was wicked fun. And the last one I want to flag for you is the appearance. And I'm saying appearance because by, you know, what we thought we knew about Octu, there was only one sun for that planet. It wasn't orbiting around a binary star or anything like that or binary star system, you know, what have you. But as Luke is at the end of the movie contemplating what he has just accomplished, he's staring out into the setting sun and you get an effect of seeing two suns and the binary suns music from the original Star Wars, aka A New Hope, comes welling up into the picture and seeing him sitting there and seeing him disappear in his robe falling down and then fluttering away. Oh, that is another chill inducing moment. And it comes especially after you think, oh my gosh, he's going to survive this because he was nowhere near the battle. And yet, yeah, it doesn't turn out that way. So I'd love to hear what the actual official cause of death for Luke Skywalker is in this case, unless it's just that he finally made peace with what happened with Kylo Ren and now he is able to release himself into the force. And I'm going to talk about Luke and the reason why he's on the island and how that moment actually plays into that story as well after the break. Stay tuned. 
This podcast is brought to you by Nissan Intelligent Mobility. And I guess the best way you can think about Nissan Intelligent Mobility is to kind of equate it to having an astromech right inside your car, right? You know, the X-Wings will have astromechs, but in this case, it's not going to plot your hyperspace jump for you. What it is going to do, what Nissan Intelligent Mobility is going to do is things like automatic emergency braking and blind spot warnings and Nissan's new ProPilot Assist to keep you centered in your lane. And it begins the journey toward autonomous driving with advanced driver assist technologies. You can learn more about it at sw7x7.com slash NIM. Yeah, that's the initials for Nissan Intelligent Mobility. Once again, that's sw7x7.com slash NIM. Welcome back. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, Ryan Johnson has said in many interviews that his biggest job was to crack the nut of why Luke was on this island, that he must have had a very good reason to be there, that he's not a coward or anything like that, that he would go there for a very specific reason. And a lot of folks had considered the possibility that he was just too powerful and had to get himself out of the galaxy's eye lest he be used for nefarious means. But doesn't seem like that was utterly the case. He certainly seems powerful based on the stuff that he did in the movie, but not the reason why he's there. The reason why he's there, as he said in the movie, is that he went to that island to die. I will say, though, his idea of dying happens really slow. I mean, that jump that he made uh, riding that giant pole across to a very narrow ledge and then using that pole to spear a fish. Incidentally, there is a story in the Legends of Luke Skywalker book and that stabbing of a fish with a giant long pole is very evocative of that particular Legend of Luke Skywalker that was in the book by Ken Liu. And so when you hear Mark Hamill in interviews say that his first reaction upon reading the script was to disagree with every character choice that Ryan Johnson made for Luke Skywalker, you have to imagine that one of the big things that he was not happy with was the idea that Luke was on that island to die and that he wouldn't help Rey and that he was willing to just burned down that Jedi tree out of, you know, a fit of peak, basically, because suddenly, you know, this gal shows up and is like, uh, you got to get back in the fight. And, uh, I'd like to be trained as a Jedi too. Thank you very much. So ultimately Luke went on the Island to die and got his wish as it turned out after all. So, ah, Luke, you will be dearly and sorely missed. And hopefully you will also dearly and sorely miss this podcast since it is now coming to an end for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you try to rescue the Chancellor, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And please support the podcast by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a scheme by a grievous, it's destiny unleashed. Podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. 
Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.